0: Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 117 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Did you know that we have up to 50,000 thoughts a day? Which ones do we listen to, and which ones do we ignore? My guest today is the author of the groundbreaking book, Seduced by Consciousness. Dr. Jack Pransky is a leading expert on the three principles, a revolutionary discovery of how we think based on inside-out understanding. He is also the author of several other books, including Prevention from the Inside Out, What is a Thought, What is Wisdom, and Somebody Should Have Told Us. As always, I've prepared a short wrap to help introduce my guest. Here he goes. Looks are deceiving, it's all about believing and perceiving. Millions of thoughts you're receiving, you may think it's dumb, but when the insights come, you realize there's nothing to overcome. No need to succumb, your fears and worries go numb. If you feel yourself sinking, it's only your thinking, it's like poison you're drinking. You don't need to think to blink or prove Sonic's pink, let your thoughts flow like water down a sink. Stop trying to think it through, there's nothing to do. It comes from out of the blue, so just be you and you'll discover it too. And now, without further ado, I welcome to you the man who truly can see. He's the one and only Dr. Jack Pransky. Jack, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Daniel,
1: that was great. Woo! How do I get a copy of that? You I will. Spread that
0: <laughs> throughout the world, <laughs> you will. You will get a copy of that, Jack. And um, can I call you Jack, by the way? Because you're a doctor, so Absolutely. I can't... Okay, yeah. fine, fine. And I will send you a copy of that with with the background music, um, because <laughs> I, I do add a a hip hop beat into it after the show. So you'll you'll get that. Um, that's the best
1: rap I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> That's Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, <laughs> very much. So this is going to be a very interesting uh, conversation, um, and I'm excited to find out more about uh, Seduced by Consciousness. It's a very interesting title for a book, um, and I'd love for our listeners to really get an, a, a deep understanding of what the three principles are and how they can apply it in their life. But before we go into that, can you tell us a little bit about your background um and what what were you like growing up
1: (laughs) well uh like growing up actually i was very shy and um came from a loving uh family that demanded a lot Hmm. and so i brought into my adult life the question about whether i was um good enough yep and uh, that, which, by the way, seems to be a very common theme for a lot of people.
0: Yes, it and is. And
1: I, I ended up uh, going into uh, the United States uh, VISTA, which is Volunteers in Service to America, which is sort of like the Peace Corps, except uh, within the country. Mm-hmm. And there, I learned how to be a community organizer. And that led me into the field of prevention of problem behaviors, so whether it's delinquency or alcohol and drug abuse or child abuse or sexual abuse or or preventing all those things. And I was doing all of those from the outside in, and then, much to my utter shock, after I wrote a book about it, Mm -hmm. uh, I bumped into what I came to be called prevention from the inside out, which changed everything about the way I went about my business.
0: Okay, so let's touch on that for a minute there. You're talking about outside in, inside out. To me, it sounds like I put my shirt inside out and forgot to put it on the right way. What do you mean by outside in, inside out?
1: Well, typically, we think that the outside world makes us feel things. Like if somebody yells at us, we're going to, you know, feel either angry in return, or upset, or bothered, or something like that, Mm -hmm. and it really looks like that what is happening in the outside world is making us feel that way. But Mm -hmm. really, it's the exact opposite. It's the way we use our thinking about what happens to us in the outside world that makes us feel a certain way and that changes everything when we see that
0: okay that sounds very interesting and, and it almost sounds like you—you you, euphoric like if I could just you know if I could drive my car and someone cuts me off and curses me out and I just go okay you know that's fine like that would be amazing like that would be an incredible you know a life to live but it sounds almost too good to be true like it sounds almost like it's impossible we're human beings we're wired a certain way if I If I call you a, a, you know, a name or if I, you know, cut you off in line or whatever it is, you know, our knee-jerk reaction is to get angry and upset.
1: Well, some people's knee-jerk reaction is to get angry and upset and maybe a lot of people's is. Mm -hmm. But if you notice, for some people it isn't. And if you also notice, uh, we react differently at different times to the exact same kind of situation. So it's really got to be an inside job, and I was thinking about this recently. Like holiday time, Christmas time, which is based upon peace on earth, goodwill to human beings, mm-hmm. uh, is a very, very stressful time for people. Some some people, yep. and m- many people actually, and. Why is that? So I was reflecting on that, and I was thinking, well, I myself always seem to have much too much to do in too little time, and there aren't enough hours in the day. So then you add to that, I have to get Christmas presents for my family and friends. And all of a sudden, the time that I have during the day to to do the things I need to do gets squashed into fewer hours to do it. And I'm thinking, okay, that's going to stress me out. Mm -hmm. But if we look closer at it, if we happen to feel that, um, if we happen to think, oh, uh, you know, my precious time is being compromised, and I can't do it, I just can't do it, we're going to be stressed. Mm -hmm. But if we happen to feel, um, to think oh well you know i'm just able to do what i can do that's it you know i may let a bunch of people down but that's okay that's the way it goes that's just this time of year and and so that's another feeling that we would live in and then we could think oh christmas time it's so great i'm just grateful to to be in this experience doesn't matter what happens and then we wouldn't be stressed
0: so you're saying have a positive mental attitude you you're basically saying what what a lot of um I guess in a way the self the self-help gurus out there so to speak they talk a lot about positive mental attitude and thinking positively is that what you're saying it doesn't because it
1: doesn't well well, yeah actually I'm not saying that what I'm saying is whatever we see is what we get like if we happen to think each of those three different things Mm Each one of them is going to give us a completely different feeling. And so the idea is just to recognize that we are the ones making it up. We are creating this thing that we call reality about the way we feel that really isn't reality at all. It's just our own creation and really it's an illusion that looks real. That's
0: all. What, what's, what part of it is the illusion? Is it your thought or is it what happened that's the illusion?
1: Well, no. I mean, what happened is that there is something called Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. and there right. is something that people need to get presents for other people. And that's all true. That's real. Mm-hmm. But it's what we make of that for ourselves that gives us our particular experience of life about it. And we end up living in a certain feeling about it, like whether it be stressed out or it's all okay or Mm -hmm. gratefulness or millions of other things on this realm of all these different possible levels of consciousness at which we could see it. Mm -hmm. And any way that we think, that's what we're going to end up with.
0: Jack, I want to – I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I want to kind of bring a different example. You're bringing up Christmas and that it could be overwhelming, and that's one level. And I could see where there you can kind of say, you know what, it's not it, – it doesn't have to be stressful, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you have children?
1: Well, they're old now, <laughs> but I do. Right. And, so, I, and I'm living with two uh, young kids right now, actually.
0: Okay. So – Imagine if, God forbid, somebody did something to one of those children, mm-hmm. right, and caused physical harm. Um, so you're saying that you can react in a calm w- manner and just say, well, you know, it's okay, because I, I'm taking a very extreme example, I mean, I'm really extreme, but because I yes, want to really bring out the point, I want to bring out a point here. because." As human beings, as I said before, we, you know, you can't control the way you feel, can you?
1: No, we can't control the way we feel because uh, we can't control our thinking. And our thinking is what makes us feel things. So, if, God forbid, that should happen to um, one of my children or anybody with somebody else's children... It, it makes perfect sense for people to be in total grief about it, but it it happens to be that whatever people think about it is whatever feeling they are going to get about it. I'm not saying that we should think in any way about it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's just whatever we think, that's what we get. Okay, but then I would probably be in grief about right. it.
0: So you're just stating a fact then, are you, because
1: of... That's all I'm doing.
0: Okay, so how do you, you know, you talk about um, living a better life through the three principles, but essentially what are you changing? What is the three principles telling you to change about your life that that makes it better?
1: The three principles is, is not telling us to change anything. The three principles is just a description of how our experience of life uh, comes to be. It's not a prescription of what we should do or anything like that to have a better life. It just so happens that when we see the way that it works, Mm -hmm. really, the way that it really works inside of ourselves, it means that many of the things that we took seriously in life, we are not taking that seriously anymore because we are... The ones who are making it up. And also, that we see that there's a deeper, um, if I can use the word, spiritual essence
2: mm-hmm. from
1: deep within ourselves that exists before we think anything. And what is that? Like, who are we mm-hmm. before our thinking? And to. Um, look in that direction, there are incredible treasures of how we end up inadvertently contaminating that perfect state of peace and love and wisdom that we all have inside of us that is just waiting to come out at any moment. And the only thing that keeps it down is we use our Thinking to cover it up inadvertently Mm -hmm.
0: What what do the three principles what are the three principles?
1: Okay, the first principle is what we call universal mind It's basically the energy behind all life and that includes the life force within us It's what powers us up as human beings. So we're not talking about our little minds here. We're talking about big mind the, the intelligence behind all life. That's what we're talking to about. you talking about God? Uh, some people could see it as God, but the interesting thing about seeing it as God is we all have different conceptualizations of what God is that mm-hmm. we come up with in our minds, and all of that is limiting. It's bigger than anything that we could conceive of. Okay, so... So, so that's the first okay, for, principle. Okay, yeah. Second principle is the principle of consciousness. So that, that pureness, you could say, of, of universal mind comes into us as human beings. And that's what I was talking about. When it comes into us as human beings, our consciousness is pure, uncontaminated by anything. And then we find out that the third principle, the power of thought, Comes into us that we get to use this great gift of the power of thought to come up with anything and unfortunately what we do most of the time is come up with thinking that contaminates our or at least gives the illusion that we're contaminating our consciousness to varying degrees and that brings us can bring us to the depths of despair or it can bring us to humor or it can bring us to worry and anxiety, or it can bring us to gratefulness, or it can bring us to neutrality, or it can bring us to compassion, Mm -hmm. or it can bring us to depression. It's what brings us to all those places. And that's the humbling thing about understanding the three principles, is that we are really inadvertently doing it to ourselves. And if we allowed our thinking to just relax some, we would find that that purity within our consciousness of pure peace of mind and pure love naturally seems to rise to the surface because it never went anywhere in the first place.
0: You're saying that, that, that we're
1: perfect. Extremely-
0: You're saying that we are uh, intrinsically we're perfect, right? Yes. But we get in our own way. Yes. But before earlier on, you said that we can't control our thoughts. So when you say we're doing it to ourselves, how are we doing it to ourselves? We don't control our thoughts when we have 50,000 thoughts a day. And some of those those thoughts might be you're an idiot. You're a loser. Um, I'm scared. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that person did that. Like those are just those thoughts are just coming. I'm not controlling them. I'm not making them happen. So what do you mean that we do it to ourselves?
1: Well, you're absolutely right. We can't control those thoughts that come into our head. They just somehow jump in. I don't know where they come from, but they get there. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: What we do have some power over is what we do with them when they get there. Like, do we take them to heart? Do we take them seriously? Do we call it, this is my life? Mm -hmm. I really am a loser?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Or do we say, "That's, that's a weird thought? You know, I don't have to let that affect me.
0: Okay, let's take an example. Yesterday, my seven-year-old son hit my my ten-year-old son in the face. Punched him in mm-hmm. the face. God, out of the blue, he just punched him in the face. And I just lost it. I went crazy. I started screaming, get to your room, get to your room. I just yelled. I lost it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, later on, um, after about an hour, I went upstairs to his room and he was lying in bed he fell asleep and he was cuddling with his big teddy bear. And I felt so heartbroken because here's my little, my little baby boy, you know, who's so innocent. And, you know, he's a boy, like, you know, boys punch boys, like what do you do, you know what I'm saying? But in that moment, when I lost it, I just, I just lost it. So how Mm -hmm. do you, how do you, how do you stop yourself from, from losing it like that when you're in the heat of the moment?
1: Well, first, it's important to recognize <clears throat> excuse me, that um, there's a lot of thinking behind the scenes that we don't know that we're doing that is happening before the moment of losing it, like expectations about how our children behave, mm. what is right and what is wrong. Um, what is really, really wrong, you know, uh, values that we have, uh, you know, all there's all this thinking Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and then something happens like that and we just react and everybody has moments like that. There isn't a single person that doesn't have moments like that. Okay. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, so practically speaking, you get a thought in your head. The thought is a negative thought, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do with that thought?
1: Um, What do you do with it? Well, there's a lot of things that we can do with it. We can um, follow it. We can take it to heart. We can have another thought that comes right behind it that says, Um, this shall pass. I don't have to um, be caught up in it. Um, We can have a thought that says, wait a minute, my feeling is really low right now. That means I cannot trust the quality of my thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's just a million different thoughts that we could have about that thought. And some of us, some of those thoughts would take us down the tubes, Mm -hmm. and others would end up lifting our spirits. Now, if you notice, when you went into that room and saw your son lying Mm -hmm. there in the bed, Mm -hmm. your thinking changed right at that moment automatically. You didn't have to go out of your way to do anything about it, it just shifted. And if we really take a look at it, that's what happens with our thinking so it's like so what it would be if we lose it from time to time we don't really have to take it that seriously we can go back and we can apologize if we think that we've done something that we regret
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so you work with preventing uh, addictions preventing abuse um, mental health depression how Mm -hmm. do you how do you go about preventing those things like how do you prevent addiction for example
1: well I'm going to talk about it the way that I see it now not the way that the not the way that most of the field still thinks about it okay um the way I see it now is if I want to get through to anybody I have to be the model of mental health so I come in in good spirits I come in light-hearted I come in like the way that they would really like to be in their lives.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And and then I know that they're coming in with a lot of thinking about themselves and about the world and about their relationship to substances or abuse or anything like that. And so um what I I want to do whatever I can do to help the the grip of their thinking on themselves loosen up so that okay. they can hear new
0: so let's take a practical example Jimmy he's 15 years old okay heavy heavy drug abuser okay mm-hmm. but Jim Jimmy grew up in a home where his his father was an alcoholic he his right. father beat up his 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 mum in front of him and uh, and and basically you know killed her right mm-hmm. and so now his mum's dead his father's in jail okay his siblings are all basically messed up and he's the youngest okay and he had no role models that that was how he was brought up he, he was brought up in the slums okay everybody that that basically he hangs out with does drugs that's all he knows and he basically joins gangs because he feels like he's part of something bigger than himself. He's got a support system. The drugs make him forget about the miserable life that he lives in and it gives him a temporary high. What would you say to Jimmy? Jimmy's now in the room with us. He's sitting here. What do you tell Jimmy?
1: So all, for, for, you love extreme examples, don't yes, you, Daniel?
0: Yes. <laughs> it brings,
1: brings out the real problem. Uh, all point. I was doing when I was talking at first, was setting the stage for how Daniel could possibly hear new, okay? Okay. Now, I'm sitting with him, and I'm coming in in that state of mind myself, just starting to have fun with him, you know, so that his thinking loosens its grip, and then I want to be listening to him very, very, very deeply. I want to be like an empty vessel... And just take him in, and allow um, the intelligence of the universe, of the universal mind, to speak to me about what the problem really is here. How is he seeing things, and what the solution is. So I'm not, I'm not going to be saying anything to him. I'm in a deep listening state. I'm just listening, listening, listening. Maybe throwing out questions. Mm. Um, you know, seeing what takes, uh, probing a little bit, and then all of a sudden, out of my clear-headedness, something might come to me about, "Oh, this is the way in." And then I would, that I would operate from that wisdom, and speak to him from that.
0: Where does that come from? That thing that you just described, because I know what you're talking about, because I, we all we get it. I mean. For those listening, I'm sure you, you can relate to this where you're in this space where whether you're listening to some music or whether you're just meditating or whether you're in the zone, right? And suddenly you just get this burst of clarity. You just get this burst of, ah, you know, that aha moment. What? what why is that not just another thought?
1: Well, it is just another thought, but it seems to be coming from... A place of deep wisdom, way beyond ourselves, because it's a thought we've never had before. You know, where do thoughts that we've never had before come from? Um, This thought seems to come from the intelligence behind life, and somehow it comes through us. So it's not like we're going out of our way to make it up. uh It's It's all of a sudden we're going about our business, and it's aha. Or we see it, we see, oh, this is what he needs, Mm -hmm. or something like that, and then we just go with that. Like I had a heroin addict tell me once that the thing that helped her most was when she realized she didn't have to believe every thought that came into her head. Like if she had a thought, I've got to use Mm
2: -hmm. right
1: now, I've got to use right now, is that really, really true? This is, this is um, one of the things I seem to help people do most is call what they're calling reality into question. So they see things that look like reality. Is it really true? Is it really true that, um, like, for example, if we were able to, it would have been impossible, but if we are able to catch your, your younger son just before that moment, Mm-hmm. is it really true that he has to slug his brother in the face? It's <laughs> no. really true. I'm not saying we can do that in the moment, but that's the that's the sentiment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, for people to call their reality into question. And that's what I try to help people do.
0: So you're saying like basically play, in a way, play down the thoughts in your head. So fear, anxiety, jealousy, anger, all of these thoughts in a way, just if you just look at them as if you're an observer. In other words, you detach yourself from the thoughts, so you don't become the thoughts. You become the observer of the thoughts, and then you could just kind of go, "Hmm, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, look at that! Right? Is that?
1: Yeah. Now, that, now that's one example mm-hmm. of a way of thinking at a high level of consciousness that would keep people in a in an elevated state. Like if they had that thought, oh, I could just observe whatever thinking is going on in my head. Or, or another set of people can think, um, well, I'm just going to see experience as experience. Like whatever is happening to me out there is I'm just getting an experience of it through my thinking. So... If I can just stay with it as pure experience, then I'm not going to get dragged down by it. Or if I see that no matter what I'm thinking is um, doesn't hold a candle to the peace of mind and love and wisdom within myself that that is already there, unless my thinking gets in the way of it, then I'm going to be elevated again. And so it just so it just happens what I think about those thoughts that brings me to one place or another.
0: There's an image coming in my mind right now, and and I'm sure there are some people listening to this that will probably agree with me with this. It almost sounds, though, that you're kind of like a monk sitting on a a mountain (laughs) top, just kind of meditating throughout, through life. And, and, And while that's great for some people, you know, there are other people who, like for me, I can only speak for myself, I would go crazy to sit and do nothing. Like I need to accomplish. I need to thrive and to achieve and to do more, right? And it almost sounds like what you're describing, it, it kind of doesn't jive with that.
1: Well, I'm not a monk on a mountaintop. <laughs> right. I am a person who lives day-to-day life with all of the... Um, Typical frustrations and stresses and worries and, uh, you know, that everybody else encounters. Um, It's just that when I'm on top of my game, when those thoughts come into me, I don't take them that seriously. Sometimes I get caught and I do take them seriously and then I live in the feeling that that brings me. And then I'll realize, because I've got this understanding in the back of my mind of how the three principles work within us. It's like, oh, I just got caught in my thinking and I didn't realize that that wasn't reality. And that will lift me. As soon as I have that thought, that will lift me. So I'm not talking about it all, Um, Hmm. you know, meditating and contemplating our navels. And Hmm. I, I will say that, you know, when we... When we drop into a meditative state, which I think is what you were describing, really, when you were talking about being in the zone and, you know, being in that clear-headed place that allows new insight to come, that can happen at any moment during the day doing anything. It's the state itself that's important, not the act of trying to get into that state. Some people can try to meditate until they're blue in the face and they'll never get there. And other people may never try to meditate and it happens to them when they're doing the dishes.
0: <laughs> so what, what is love then? Because if you, you mentioned earlier that emotions and feelings are really just thoughts. Does that mean that when I say I love my wife or I love my children, that really I'm just, it's just a thought. It's not, it's just me thinking that I love her. And so that's love. Is that all it is? Just a thought?
1: (laughs) Well, that's a complicated question because there appears to be a universal love that we draw upon to love somebody personally. Mm. And that Universal love is impersonal, and it is, like Einstein said, that it was what permeated the universe. And it, it, it's there's just no putting our finger on exactly what it is. But then we, we so we get into a state of personal love. Mm-hmm. And when we love somebody, that is a thought but it's a thought at a very high level of consciousness. And it feels wonderful up there. And Mm -hmm. that's how we know that our thinking is on track. Because here's the way that it works. We get a thought, like, I love my wife. Our consciousness picks that up and grabs onto it, you could say, and Mm -hmm. sends it right back to us through our senses. And we get a real sensory experience of that love. So, that's why we feel it the way that we do. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to feel. And we wouldn't want to change it in a million years. And and it's like, who cares what it is? It feels so wonderful. However, if we have a thought, I hate my wife,
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and that thought gets picked up by consciousness, gets sent through our senses, we have a, a we can actually feel the hatred mm-hmm. because that's why we get seduced by consciousness. Consciousness makes us feel whatever we think and we are going to feel it deep in our being and, and we're going to go after that unless we know that is it really true i mean is it is it true that we that this person is now somebody that we hate is it just the way that we happen to be seeing that person because of our use of the power of thought is there any other possible way to see this person than hate i mean these are the kinds of questions that tend to go through our minds when when we learn about how the three principles always work within us, no exceptions.
0: So that means that essentially love and hate come from the same place. One we choose well, to be with and the other we, we try to avoid.
1: Well, I don't know where they come from, to tell you the truth. Hmm. I just, and I, you know, I don't like to... Um, cloud my mind with where is this coming from (laughs) because (laughs) I just like to deal within the realm of what I can do something about Mm. or how, how I can see it and I know that I would much rather be living in be living a life of love than living a life of hate or living a life of fear or living a life of ego or living a life of stress, you know, that I would rather live a life of love and peace of mind Mm -hmm. and happiness and joy. And when I know that the only difference between whether I'm going to be living in that state or whether I'm going to be living in worry, bother, anger, hatred, fear, the only difference is my thinking. And I'm the one who's taking those thoughts and making something of them.
2: Hmm.
1: And I would know that I would rather be in the uh, like above the line, you could say, of of uh, peace and love, than below the line. Um, then I'm not going to want to succumb to those feelings of that that come from thinking of hatred and anger and worry and bother and depression and all those other things.
0: Well, let's take depression for a second, um, because there are people who become depressed without necessarily thinking. They just they just get into a depression. They call it clinical depression, where people are on medication their whole life. Uh, are you saying that they don't need to be on medication and that they could just observe their thoughts and say, oh. I'm just thinking about depression. I don't really need to be depressed. Is that what you're saying?
1: no i'm I'm people who are on depression medication uh, need to be on depression medication because their thinking is such that it has thought is so powerful that it moves molecules in our bodies and really depressing thoughts yes candace pert um who is a neuroscientist and wrote the book molecules of emotion discovered that
0: wow that's um, powerful
1: it really is and, and she also discovered that that the the uh, peptides and receptors within one's body communicate mm-hmm. with each other but they don't go through the brain mm-hmm. so she was concluded that the mind, that the body has a mind of its own.
0: Does that mean if I think I'm handsome, I'll become handsome?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It means if you, okay, this is great. If you think you're handsome and you look in the mirror and you see, God, what a handsome guy. Then to you, you're handsome. And if you look in the mirror and say, I'm handsome, but I am not looking that way now. Mm. You're gonna write it off that you're not looking that way as a fluke, and you're <laughs> still gonna be handsome to you. Right. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> and funny. the same works in the opposite way too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but back to depression. Yes. Uh, which is what some people think when they do look in the mirror, is um, that like um, I can't say what exactly is it that lifts people out of depression, but it's a thought at such a huge magnitude that it changes body chemistry. That happens rarely, but it happens. I personally have seen miracles happen that way. Wow. There was was a a woman who I was working with, in fact, this is in my book, somebody should have told us, um, where she was clinically depressed She was on depression medication. But when she had this monster thought about how she was the one making it up, she really saw that. And first it happened through her daughter. Like her daughter was driving her absolutely crazy. And she would, in fact, she was the kind of mother who saw her kid as a manipulative little brat. And one day, after we had talked numerous times, she pictured her daughter having a tantrum in the middle of the floor. And her first thought was about it, is she's, you know, just manipulating me in a bratty way to try to get what she wants. And then she had this thought, wait a minute. I don't know what's going on with her right now. I'm really making that up, that that's why she's going into this tantrum right now. And then she had a monster thought, which was, oh, my God, I am making up who my daughter is. And that shifted everything in their relationship. She ended up apologizing to her daughter. They both broke down together. Wow. They, they had an amazing breakthrough together just by that thought shifting and then it happened within herself and she no longer needed depression medication.
0: In fact, wow. she went to
1: her psychiatrist, she went to her psychiatrist uh, and and uh, he said, I, "I don't know what happened. this is this couldn't be, but you you don't need this medication anymore. He did had no idea what happened, but I mean wow. I do. i I know that for whatever reasons her thinking shifted at such an amazing magnitude that it changed her body chemistry
0: so this is very uh how do i say what's the word to use here it's 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 like hopeful but at the same time it's it's kind of depressing because i tell you i cause Jack, because right interview. i know that's a thought but i'll tell you why <laughs> let me explain why i think that way because on the one hand it's hopeful that means that anybody can have that happen to them and their lives can literally change in a moment it's crazy right but the depressing part about it is that she didn't do anything to create that thought and so what do we have to sit there and wait like how long will it take and maybe the thought will never come and uh, like i want to know how to make it happen
1: you yes. Know what I mean? like- yes, people do want to know how to. Yes. But it's not. See, this is the. the f- people have frustrating thoughts about the three principles because there's no doing in the three principles. It's just seeing how it works. And when uh, that woman who, who I call uh, Lisa in the book, mm-hmm. when she saw truly how it worked within her that's what shifted her now we we can't make that happen but we can point people in that direction and keep pointing people in that direction and hope that they will see and that's what i tried to do when i when i was working with her and when i'm working with a whole bunch of other people is i help them point in that direction and hope that they see and many 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 times they do sometimes they don't
0: but- why why okay why why it sounds like a bit of like a like a mystery thing here why do you have to point in why can't you just tell them i mean what what yeah <laughs> what, what are we playing games here like you know oh let me just point you in the direction and if you get it you get it and if you don't you don't and too bad for you like why
1: well there are no words to describe what's going on in the inside world and words are all we have so the three principles are words mind consciousness and thought are just words they don't mean anything so why call it
0: three principles then
1: well because they point to something that is really that is the truth of how things work and when I'm saying we're pointing people in that direction, we're just helping people see how things really work in whatever way we can that will, uh, that will penetrate their typical thinking so that they see new. And it is a mystery. It is a mystery why some people change and other people don't. However, I've seen that the more people uh, try to see this through an intellectual level, or try to see this through what they already know and they say, oh yeah, it's like this or it's like that, Uh, or the more they hold on tight to their habits of thinking, the less likely they're going to be able to break through all of that and see the new, see how it really, really works within us
0: so can you point our audience in the right direction if you were to point into the right direction? like what direction are we supposed to be going in
1: well two two directions I would say mm-hmm. the first direction is creation of illusion so that what we real when we realize that everything that we're feeling is coming from our own creation of thought that we can't have any other feelings except for what we have created with our own thinking that is very very humbling and when we truly see that truly see it we will change because you can't not change when you see that and the second thing is what i call uh essence and oneness so when we see the the perfect essence of who we are connected to the oneness of all things when we truly can even get a glimpse of that, it lifts us out of the, whatever thinking we have about ourselves and brings us to a beautiful state. Wow. And so I think that those two things are the essence of what the three principles mean. And when I'm working with anybody, I am just pointing people in one of those two directions or both creation of illusion and essence and oneness. And it seems to very often work miracles for people.
0: Wow. That's very powerful. Wow. So we've literally just touched the surface here. Um, For those listening who want to, follow you or find out more about the Three Principles. Um, I think you you have a retreat coming up, is that correct?
1: Yes, I do, in the Cape Verde Islands of all places. Ooh, nice. So yeah.
0: When when is that happening?
1: That is happening, um, oh, I believe it's the second weekend in January. Oh wow, so that's
0: pretty soon, okay. That's a couple, pretty a soon,
1: weeks. yeah. I'm just checking the date to be sure. Mm -hmm. It is the 12th, 13th, and 14th of January. That is the uh, second weekend in January.
0: Cool. And and what do they need to do? How do they find out more about that and also uh, more information about where to find you, follow you online?
1: Well, I will have this posted on my website, which um, is www.insideoutunderstanding.com or people can email me directly at either through the website or at jack at healthrealize that's r-e-a-l-i-z-e dot com healthrealize.com and uh, also it's Damien Smith S-M-Y-T-H that is hosting that event. And if you can't find it right now on my uh, website, if you Google him and put Cape Verde, you will find it.
0: I'll make it easier. I'll find it for for the listeners and I'll put the link in the show notes. So uh, for those of you listening, if you want to find out more about that retreat, um, head over to danielgeffen.com forward slash 117. And uh, it will be in the show notes as well as any other resources that we mentioned. Uh, Jack's email will also be there. So you can just um, literally copy, paste or click it. And uh, you can send him an email. Jack. Uh, Thank you so much for letting me pick your brain By the way that sounds really funny Jack Thank you very much for letting me pick your brain Because your brain is unpickable in a way Because you (laughs) spend your time Out of the brain more. Uh, But uh, but thank you very much And uh, thank you to all my fellow Brain pickers I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking Your brain You've been listening to the Can I pick your brain podcast Inspiration without perspiration Is like a tiger without teeth So to put these ideas into action Head over to DanielGeffen.com.